Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Coach Mike Husson. Hope you guys are having a great day today. And you're ready for a great productive week as you wind into what we call the end of the year here. So I'm hoping that you guys are prepared and ready to go for a great 2019, and it's going to be fantastic for you. So today, I had an interesting conversation yesterday with an old friend, I like to call him, uh, still a friend, and we've talked, uh, we've talked often, and yesterday we were just catching up, you know, it's a holiday, and we wanted to touch base, and um, just really kind of catch up with what's going on with his life, he's now an executive uh, consultant working on leadership stuff, and um, he really enjoys his life uh, really at the highest level, and, and a lot of what we talked about, guys, today was a very interesting um, philosophy, and I asked him, you know, well, he left the business. You know, people often ask me, why did you leave the business, Mike? Uh, you were doing so well, and you're doing a lot of business and a lot of uh, transactions, making a lot of money. And I said, you know, we were talking about that. And I always say, you know, we always have to lean towards where our passions are. And um, I never really left the business, quite frankly. I do investing and things like that. But you never, you never really leave the business because it's always going to be in your heart and what you have done to be successful. Anyway, that's what uh, John, I call him J.D., that's his, his middle name is uh, David, and uh, so I call him J.D., but anyway, John was a, is, a, is a good guy, really a powerful guy, and one of the uh, important things that I got from him, you know, we were talking about change and, you know, where I'm going with my business and where he's going with his life and his business and being coaches and consultants now, he doesn't call himself a coach per se, he calls himself a consultant in the corporate world. But um, it was interesting because, you know, you start to evolve here in these conversations. So we went back in history, you know, when he started uh, in the business, and um, he, he in, its ess- in its essence, he started out struggling. You know, he came into the market a couple of years, you know, right around the 2008, 9, 10 area, and I hadn't known him. I didn't know him at that point, but he was in the business for a couple of years. And, um, you know, a lot of people at that time were coming out of that area because the market had crashed. But those folks who had uh, really stepped into it really, really did very well, mainly because there was a very limited competition. There was always competition, but not at the levels that there may be today or even back then because people just simply exited the business. They couldn't do it anymore. They lost a lot of money. There wasn't a lot of, uh, a lot of business happening. But those folks who stayed in, uh, or had the disciplines to stay in really created a great opportunity for themselves because nobody was really talking to the to the market. You know, there's always people that needed to buy or sell, it just at different levels. And you know, when you get skilled at something uh, that carries with you, and so he stuck it out. He stayed with it, and uh, then we met, and obviously we we had a good uh, good coaching uh, series together for a period of time, uh, and. We were talking, and so I wrote down some notes, and I said, hey, can I share some of these thoughts with my team? Because I think it's important. You know, it's not about me. It's not about what I teach and what I coach on. But I always believe in, uh, you know, success leaves clues, guys. And success in other people's lives uh, could be something that might work for you. It might not work for you. It might not be something that you want to do, which is fine. However, at the end of the day, I think it's important and helpful to understand where other people come from. You know, he was traveling a lot. He wanted to get off the road. He got into the business. His daughter was a big, big thing for him um, at that time that we talked. 
And uh, that's why he made this transition into this business uh, back in the time. But as I was saying, you know, success leaves clues. So I want to share with you, as I wrote down, uh, paraphrasing a lot of the things we discussed, I was just jotting down some notes as we were talking, as I always do anyway, with some people that I speak with. But it was very interesting, and I wanted to share some of the thoughts with you today as to what he did. So he went from doing about eight to ten deals a year, and in uh, just under four years, he was doing about 125 units a year, which is pretty darn strong in, the, in its essence. And um, so I, I'm hoping that today you guys have some pencils and in your hand and notepads, and or you're listening to this recording at Real Profit Builders later on, uh, realprofitbuilders.com, and you're able to listen to this sitting down because it's very important to, to really write these thoughts down and, and really see what may apply to you, what may not. They may all apply to you. That's fantastic. But uh, let's talk about some of the things that uh, J.D. shared with me that I thought was uh, – was not, you know, you guys looking for the magic formula, the magic pill. Like, I think what I got out of it more than anything for myself, as I always do with, with my calls, I always look for something, that there is no real distinctions here, okay? The, meaning that there's no large ones. There's no like, okay, that's the thing. That's the one thing that I'm going to do to change my business and change my career. What it is, it's incremental little mini, like I like to call them, mini distinctions that make a huge difference in all that we do. So as I wrapped my head around this, these are the bullet points that we wrote down. The first thing that I wrote down was that he worked his relationships at a very high level. And he garnered about between 40 to 50% of his business came from his database. Now that's a lot relative to somebody starting out uh, newer as, as he was, but he had a big database coming from the corporate world. But more importantly, as we, as we coached on it back then, we talked about him taking advantage of that database at the highest level. So he created strategies around that, and what he would do is uh, basically he divided his database up, and he was com consistently communicating with them every three to four months, whether it was via email uh, mailing sometimes he did. He never did any kind of newsletters, but he did put stuff out there, you know, to people about their um, market analysis and what's going on in the market. He really kept people informed rather than, you know, here's some recipes to, you know, that you can use for the month. But he was, a, he was more inform informative to his base. But the thing that I got out of it was his contacting them consistently. And guys, we've got to wrap our head around this one element because this is a very important piece of communicating with your database. So that was the one thing that he did, and, and he always kept in touch with his database, not just on a local level. Now, John was in San Diego at the time, but his base was all around the country. So he said, we were talking about that. I said, did you only work the people locally? He goes, no, man, I, I got probably about a good 20, 25% of my business from referrals from people that were out of the area, which was very interesting. And I've shared this with some of you guys in the past, meaning that, the, you know, you have your databases. These databases are worldwide, guys, and you can get monies coming in that could do a lot of things for you without even having to do a lot of work to do it. So he worked his databases very, very strong. He always added the value to his database in that area where he was always, like I said, he, he kept a, uh, a, a chart of what, they, what he was doing with them. He 
had an annual plan with them. He's very analytical, which is good for him. So he always kept in touch with that, with his base that way. Okay. The next thing he was very adamant about, because we talked about it, that he wasn't doing a lot when we finally got together, is getting out in fronting in front of his prospects every day and new people and old people that he had in his bases but more importantly he added value because he was out talking to people throughout the day but he said one thing that was very important that we talked about and i share this with my clients is that afternoon session it's obvious that you want to look for new business in the morning which is a great time to do that but he got out into the field in the afternoons and he was talking with expires for sale by owners he was knocking on doors. In addition to that, he was extensively previewing homes. He says, Mike, the previewing of homes, you know, I didn't quite get it until I started to do it a lot and how it came to big value when it came to the listing presentations because he started to really understand the market at a deeper level rather than just reading a bunch of numbers on a computer. So he really did a combination of those things. So he was really adamant about getting out in the field every single day in the afternoon, doing that between two to four hours, depending upon what his schedule was like, but it was in that range. Um, the next thing that I wrote down that we talked about extensively, again, he was an analytical guy, which was good for, for me, helping him, you know, in the coaching side, but he was tracking his prospecting activity every day. In other words, he'd have a tracking sheet next to him, which I encourage everybody to do, and he tracked his numbers. He looked how many contacts he made, how many uh, conversions he had. He just had the whole list of, of tracking his numbers, and he made, a, he made it a very uh, important element at the end of his days that he would write down exactly what he did, and he kept his numbers up to date, a very, very important thing. The next thing that he had, which was in place, was this deal about his staff. Now, we talked uh, extensively about that at the time because he didn't have a staff at that time. But we talked about how he outsourced, in the beginning anyway, he outsourced in the beginning his relationships with his vendors, his relationships with his vendors, and he had meetings with them periodically to keep up to date with how they're servicing, whether it's his mortgage guy, his title people, his attorneys, his inspectors, anybody that was involved in, in the activities of his business, he used them and leveraged them. And then he would learn from them a lot because that would help him leverage his conversations with his prospect. A very slight distinction here, but guys, but very, very powerful. And then, which follows suit with that, he made a big commitment and finally hired his first assistant. Okay, And he says, Mike, I did it before I could really afford it. I mean, I had money because I had my corporate uh, umbrella, so to speak. But he says, I did it when I looked at my business. He says, I, I, I had it when I was in the corporate world, and I knew that I needed in this business because you kept telling me that I eventually needed to get an assistant. So anyway, he did it, and what ended up happening was it, it brought a lot, of more, a lot more leverage to his business, and yeah, he took, he says, I took a hit for a couple of three months, and all of a sudden it started to work for him. Again, he had some money to do it, but he says, I was worried that I wasn't going to pay off for about six to 12 months. You know, how am I going to do all this thing? So it was very, very powerful for him to do that. So getting an assistant was one thing that he did. The next thing that I wrote down that he says, which was crazy, but he did it. He says he learned the scripts that he needed to work. And he said this, and I wrote down this word. He says, Mike, you wouldn't believe the mental power and the freedom 
that you gain by knowing exactly what to say in the situations that you're involved with on a daily basis. I'm just specifically writing that. What I wrote down is exactly what he said. And then he says, I wrote down the scripts. He said, I would practice them. I felt like I was doing it about eight to 10 hours a day, but I was doing it throughout the day. He says, I role played a lot. He says, I was, I was looking at my prospecting and lead generation activities as practice. So I was re rehearsing and I was practicing my scripts every single day. And it really, really built my confidence up. He says, I was walking through the offices. I would stand at home and I would be practicing these over and over again. He says, my wife even thought I was nuts. But listen, I'm doing, I was doing 125 deals a year and she was really happy with that. So she really never complained. The next last couple of points here, guys, he said, don't allow yourself to get into negative thinking. He says, Mike, I used to get into this self-talk that I couldn't do this business because I was in the corporate world and how can I make this transition into this business? He says, I was killing myself with my negative self-talk thinking that I wasn't able to make the transition because he had a, a ton more freedom in his life. So he shifted his mindset. He says, I'm going to treat, and I've told you guys this before, I'm going to treat my business like a business. And I started to do it because that's really when we started coaching. And I made this uh, suggestion to him, and he really took it to heart. So that negative thinking started to go away. He built his skills. He started to get business really at the much higher level. And he was just following through. So negative thinking was a big thing. He says, I used to read books, listen to audio tapes all the time in audios and whatever in his, uh, in his car as he was driving. So that was a big thing for him. Um, the last couple of points, guys, he says you've got to hold yourself accountable to your actions, your goals, your attitude, your mindset, which was very important. He says coaching was one of the bigger things that helped me. I never understood the value of it in what I was doing, but you held me accountable and you put your foot up my behind. He said it in a different way on the phone, <laughs> but at the end of the day, he said, you put your foot up my butt and it really helped me and hold me accountable to what I wanted and what I needed to do. Those two things were very, very powerful. And then he said, the last thing guys, he says, I pushed my limits. He says, you know what, in the corporate world, you're, you're held at a very high level, especially as a C executive, C level executive guys that you're held at very high levels of accountability, and then you were unconsciously, you really pushed yourself. He says, when I got into this business, he says, man, I just, I saw other people, and they weren't really highly motivated, and I just couldn't figure it out. But anyway, he says, listen, I shifted, and I started to push myself to the limits. And I wrote this down. He says, I was always pushing myself to make those extra calls. He says, when I stopped making calls, he said, I had a goal every day. And then he says, I'm going to make an extra five calls. I say sometimes make an extra one call and then continue doing it. He says, I used to make an extra five calls, and then I would look to schedule another appointment. He says, I was going for contacts, but I was really looking for appointments, especially if I got one. I know I can get two for that day, and that's basically what what he did but anyway he said mike the payoff is greater that by pushing your limits he says mike the payoff for me was greater than any one thing that i could have done in my in my career he says pushing myself and taking the responsibility and this is one thing that i wrote down in circle he says i took on the responsibility that this is a business that i knew could pay off for me i knew that i could be successful in it and i knew that i could change my financial and and, and my career and my life with this process so he says i 
constantly pushed myself to greater limits. I knew I could take it. And he says, I know that it was, I knew that it was possible as long as I kept myself and held myself to the accountability. He says, I expanded my market reach. I expanded my conversations with people. I kept practicing. I kept drilling and I kept working on this process every day. And he says, pushing myself to do those things wrapped around my business really helped me go from 10 to about 125 to 130 units a year in under four years. Guys, it's possible for you. So I want you to think about these thoughts today. How do they apply to you? What can you use to take your business to the next level? Guys, we're coming into the end of the year. I'm going to finalize this today. Not, I'm not going to end it today with this thought, meaning that I want to continue to implore you to get your plans done that you got going on for 2019. If you haven't done them, I know you guys are, a lot of you guys are working on them. I'm getting them coming into me as, as my, for my coaching clients, but get them complete and put some of these thoughts in place for yourself. Guys, it's possible. Okay, it is at all, you know, there's no limits to what you can do. It's all a matter of you deciding, hey, that's what I want to do. Go out there and make it happen. All right. So that's all I'm going to say for today. Go out there and make it a great week. Get your plans done. Let's have a successful uh, uh, work, ha work ethic this week and go make it happen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And until then, make it a great day. Talk to you soon.